My name is Dave. Joining me tonight is Jenny. Woohoo! And JD. What's up, guys? How are you guys doing tonight? Awesome. Great as always. As always, JD is always feeling good. Apparently. Uh, when he's not working, Apparently. When he's not working on school stuff. But anyway. You're right. Uh, we have an awesome interview for you today. I found, you'll, you'll hear the story of how I found it, but a little movie called Coherence, which is directed by a man named Jim Burkett. And it is super awesome, super sci-fi, super uh, like alternate realities colliding into each other. Like JD decides to go to Taco Bell tonight and orders one thing or another thing. And it splits into two worlds, right? So you have two different JDs ordering Taco Bell. But what happens if those two worlds collided on each other? And this movie shows you what happens to one group of people when that happens. It's an amazing story. I suggest if you go watch it, and I've suggested it to everybody that sees it, pay attention, put the phone away, put everything else away, just sit down and enjoy a 90-minute movie, and just just enjoy it. Just sit back and watch. And I, I guarantee you're going to love the movie. And I think these two would agree. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of my favorite movies. It's been a long time, and it really makes you think, which is my favorite part. Yeah, and it keeps you talking. You're going to want to watch it again and again, even though you've seen the twists and turns and all that. But you'll want to watch it again. And I suggest watching it before listening to the interview, uh, because we do give some stuff away during the conversation. But you don't spoiler alert. Yeah, you don't have to. But I would recommend it to get the the full enjoyment of the movie. It's on Amazon Prime. You can go check that out there. It's on iTunes, or you can do what JD did and order the Blu-ray because you're going to want to own it. Worth every penny. <laughs> so, uh, without further ado, we give you the writer, the director, the creator, the man behind Coherence, Jim Burkett. Joining us tonight on the podcast is director, writer, uh, extraordinaire. You might know him if you have seen the extremely awesome movie Coherence. He also worked on Rango and uh, is currently working on Fraggle Rock. Uh, we're talking to Jim Burkett tonight. Jim, how you doing? Hi, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you. Um, I, we, I, <laughs> okay. I'm a huge fan of, of Nicholas Brendan and, and Buffy, and I went to Wizard World over the past couple weekends ago, and oh. he, he did a panel, and I'm just trying to give you the background of, <laughs> of how, how we came about your project. Um, and he, somebody in the audience had asked about the movie and his, his take on the movie, and he told everybody, if you haven't seen it, to go watch it, so I did. <laughs> That's great. Uh, he kind of talked about the, the the process of making the movie too, and how, how cool it was. And so I watched it, and I was blown away by it. Um, right away, it instantly became one of my all time favorite movies. Oh my gosh! And uh, so I had to tell these two about it because that's all we do is we trade kind of <laughs> lesser known movies to each other. Yeah. And JD had the same reaction I did. Blown away. And, so so amazed. And Jenny and her boyfriend loved it too. So. Uh, I had to do everything I could to talk to somebody who was involved and we're, we're super thankful that you could come on and tell us all about it. Um, There's nothing I would rather talk about. I could talk about it all night. <laughs> Perfect. Cause, <laughs> cause I, I wanted to watch it again and again, and again, I love this movie. Uh, it's a great idea. Um, but first uh, something we like to do with all of our, all of our guests is we're, you know, we're a geek culture podcast and website. So, 
what are what do you what do you geek out about? Like, what do you like that's kind of geeky? Like comic books, sci-fi, uh, music, anything. I geek out on old sci-fi, like stuff before I was born. You know, Space nineteen ninety nine and and that Jerry Anderson stuff. Okay. Uh, I anything kind of retro sci-fi I get really excited about, and then. There was a movie that came out a couple of years called Space Station 76 that kind of intentionally um, uh, did that sort of retro vibe. Do you guys know about that movie at all? It sounds familiar. I've heard yeah. of it. Never seen it, though. Very interesting. Very weird. Very different than than you're expecting. But, um, yeah, there's something about that vision of the future – Back in the in the fifties and sixties, that I, not the campy stuff. I'm not into the super campy stuff, mm-hmm. but where they were trying to actually visualize the future, um, I get I just can geek out on that for for days at a time. Like, are you talking like this island Earth type stuff, like that far back, or mostly? I mean, honestly, Space 1999 really represents okay. my love. Like, I, I can remember at Comic Con back. 15 years ago, there was this guy selling bootlegged VHS tapes of Space 1999. And I <laughs> couldn't believe it because it wasn't on TV anywhere. There was nowhere to see it. There was no such thing as, you know, streaming video or anything. Yeah. So I bought them all. And, <laughs> and I just don't do things like that usually. Um, so, yeah, I, I just love that. Okay. That's cool. I Yeah, that's that. – I, I don't have to look up Space Station 76. I I recognize the cover of it, so I'm going to have to watch it. Uh, yeah, I, I would also – I mean I was not a big comic book fan, although I was very into early um, Fantastic Four. Okay. Mm. Like that was – something about those costumes really grabbed me. <laughs> All right. I like it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I have to ask because Jenny and I are of the age to know Fraggle Rock – uh jd is a younger oh younger person and doesn't know fraggle rock right um how's that coming along uh well if you'll notice those articles are from four years ago so yeah, I was... that, that's that's kind of come and gone okay. and that, that was you know that was weird because i got a lot of press for some reason but it was just another writing assignment like i i kind of do those things all the time and and um you know people say can you help us for a few months and kind of go in there and see what you can do and then you move on to the next things and so i've done many many of those kind of things but for some reason the fraggle rock one just got (laughs) all this attention so just sticks uh, sticks to you yeah i have no idea where that project is now no idea gotcha yeah Uh, that'll make jenny sad oh sorry to come back (laughs) yeah we had the trash heap in our version Yes. We had Gobo doing some crazy stuff. And yeah. and the Dozers, at least. The Dozers were definitely in it. They had a huge, epic song that we had put in the middle. Well, now you just have to have a video. We had this actually is- pitched a very extreme version of, Prad- of Fraggle Rock that was Fraggle the Rock Opera. Oh, boy. Ooh. You had me at rock opera. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm missing something really important. Like, what? Why have I never heard of this before? <laughs> I feel like this is super cool. 
you you'd have to be at a certain age. There's this little window where that was important to people, and <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, I, I, I was not born in that window at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I I mean, you can definitely watch it online. I'm sure that um, I'm not sure yeah. it holds up quite as much as if you were <laughs> nine watching it, but. Yeah, it's got to be one of those things you saw as a child, I think. That's yeah. where it affects you. Because when you're a kid, you don't know where the world stops, you know, on the video screen. And as an adult, you're like, yeah, that's the end of the set right there. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so what kind of inspired you to become a writer or director? Oh, man. I was just, uh, you know, had so many ideas in my head as a kid. And I would try to draw them out as fast as I could. and write them out and um, they just would build up and I'd have to get them out somehow. And mostly through drawing, I would say mostly um, just kind of every day for could be five minutes or it could be four hours, just kind of churning out, um, you know, worlds and vehicles and uh, <laughs> adventures that a young boy would think about. So how long have you had the idea for Coherence then? Is this something that you created when you were a kid or is this like no, a newer idea? No, a very spontaneous thing. Just a few years ago, we, I, I was in the middle of working on Rango and you know I'd been working on these huge movies like Pirates of the Caribbean and, and things like oh, that. Oh, wow. For other, yeah, for other directors. You know, I, I was directing my own little things with my friends as, a, as you, I'm sure, have either you do or your friends do. You get mm. your friends together and make little film projects. And I was, I was doing that, but I, my day job was helping other directors do their, you know, massive visions and, and worked on the first three pirates of the Caribbean with Gore Verbinski. And then he wanted to do this animated movie. That was very fun. Um, we wrote Rango together. I kind of, I drew the first drawings of Rango and oh, that's uh, so cool. Yeah. Did voices on the movie. We wrote songs together. It was very creatively satisfying but I was really missing that feeling of getting together with your friends and just making something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when Rango ended, I was just committed to making a micro budget movie. I was just like, I have to find something that really doesn't cost anything. Cause I just need to direct something. And I was standing in my house going, all right, I, if, so if I don't have any money, what can I do? Well, I've got a house. Um, I've got some friends who can act and I've, got a camera. So that's it. That's all you got to work with. So what, it's all what, you need. Yeah. So that, that inspired it. The lack of resources just inspired a story. Yeah. And that I didn't know, like, I didn't know this was a micro budget film until after I had already like seen it. And Dave was like, yeah, like he created this on like, literally the budget was just buying glow sticks. I was like, what are you <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> Serious? Yeah. 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 It was really fun to kind of give yourself those kind of restrictions. And I'd always wondered about that. Like, cause when I was directing commercials and I did a little bit of television, it was very frustrating cause you're just sitting around waiting a lot. You're waiting for lights to move or you're waiting for actors to come out of their trailers. And I'd always think, God, wouldn't it be great to get rid of the crew and get rid of the script? And then I could actually just shoot a movie. Like oh. get rid of the two things that are really slowing me down. here. <laughs> Getting in the way. Yeah. So for, for Coherence, was there, like, okay, so there's no script, but did the actors know, like, the whole story before you started production, or did they get no. it as you went along? Oh, They didn't know anything. We shot over five nights in my house for about five hours a night, and what they did get was their own character. 
their backstory for their characters so that they would mm-hmm. be ready with stories about their lives or, you know, relationships they've had with each other, their own characters would be primed. And then I would say, and if somebody says this, maybe you'll tell that story or maybe you'll want to do this. But they didn't know that there was going to be knocks on the door. They didn't know that a box would arrive. They, they, all of that was a surprise. And I said, just, just go for it. You know, we'll, we'll follow you. We're not going to block it. We'll, we'll go wherever you go. If you have to if you go in the kitchen, we'll follow you into the kitchen. Go in the bathroom, just go. I have to ask, because, like, in watching it, I kept getting lost. And I'm like, is he from this house or is he from the other house? Who's right. from, Which one am I looking How do you keep that track of that with with everybody kind of playing themselves, you know? Well, that's because I knew the story. You know, I had taken a mm-hmm. year and, and sort of plotted all that out with uh, my collaborator, Alex Manugan, who plays Amir in the film. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, guy yeah. plays Amir. So I had a guy in there who knew what was all supposed to happen. And they all knew that. They knew that Alex was one of the writers. So between Alex and I, we could kind of control it a little bit. And then between the little notes that I would give each actor, like, you know, oh, this might be a good time to go, you know, check out uh, outside. Or this would be a good time where you'd t- tell that thing about the ketamine. Mm-hmm. And, and just kind of prompting them with things that they would do, knowing it would cause a chain reaction of other responses from the other actors. But then having all their reactions be real genuine and yeah, because uh, the acting was incredible. Uh, I was blown away because he, he mentioned it in the, in the panel that it was, you know, just most, it was improv essentially. Yeah. And that, that impressed me the most. But when I told these two about it, I didn't tell them any of that. I just said, just sit down and watch it. And then I dropped that on them after they watched it. Because mm-hmm. I figured that would be that would impress them even more. Um, so the performances were great, and knowing that just they wouldn't know to what to expect, like a box or a knock on the door, makes it even better. That that's just a, an incredible idea. Um, yeah, I always wanted to try something like that because when I would watch movies or TV shows with, especially with big groups of people, they would just sound so fake. You know, mm-hmm. like I love the the show Lost. But they'd have this big group of people, and only four people would talk. <laughs> right. And no. I was just like, that never happened. Like, everybody would be talking at the same time. It, it, it just it didn't have any reality to the speech patterns of it. And so I needed to have that naturalism. And the only way to do that is to say, there is no script. There's nothing you have to say. Just say what mm-hmm. your character would say. So you said you, you came up with the idea while you were doing Rango. How did this idea, like, where did you come up with this idea? Well, again, literally standing in my house uh, with Alex going, look, we need to, we need to make a micro budget movie. We got a living room. Mm-hmm. We've got some actors. What would be interesting? And it just came to me. What if, you know, what if they saw this sort of fractured reality mm-hmm. outside the window staring back at them? Do you have, like, any, like, background in physics at all? Like, is this, like, because, like, there were some, like, pretty heavy physics concepts, obviously, in the movie. Like, is this something that you, like, studied or is this something that you just, like, looked up and, like, went with it? No, I, I mean, I've always been a science fiction fan. So, you know, you're naturally going to hear about these theories mm-hmm. if you're if you're a curious person. So I'd heard about Schrodinger's cat. I'd heard about the parallel universe theory. And then, you know, there's this amazing thing called the internet. That, uh, <laughs> if you take eight hours, you can kind of do a whole course of, uh, of study on it. So I, I just read a lot and 
again, like I said, you know, it was about a year of trying to figure it out. And, and there's not a lot of science in it. I know it sounds, there's 45 seconds in the movie where they talk about Schrodinger's mm-hmm. cat. And that's, that's really it. Um, the rest is just people trying to not implode in on themselves. <laughs> right. I think, um, yeah. I'm going to tap in with, the. Uh, the characters that you developed, Dave and I kind of went back and forth and disagreeing on this, but I have this theory about the two houses that one house is kind of a likable character house and the other house is an unlikable character house. <laughs> um, some of the characters about midway through the movie start twisting to have a lot more flaws than they showed at the beginning of the movie, which makes <laughs> them, in my opinion, made them a little more untrustworthy. Which kind of worked because then you didn't know, do I trust him? Is he from that house? Is he not from this house? Is Where's he from? Was that intentional or was that influenced by the actors playing them? I think think that's a valid way of looking at it. Um, We just said, we were kind of saying as the night goes on, the people are going to reveal darker sides of themselves. Mm -hmm. And so... It's not necessarily like there's a evil version of them. It's all them. It just based on micro decisions, whether or not the evil side of you or not. It's not evil. There's nobody evil, but the darker side of you is going to come out or not. Right. It would and be, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, that's and that's the point of the whole thing is like the only reason we have conflict in, in the world is because we are projecting the worst of ourselves onto someone else. Because basically, wouldn't they just be what at different points in the night they're reacting to this knowledge of well, we could just die at one point or just not exist at one point because of this other house or that kind of exactly, thing. and that gets them very paranoid. Right. And, and Jenny's right in that you start to think that they're at different points in that spectrum. The different houses could be farther along that darker path or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my brain, they all started the same, if that makes sense. They, they yeah. all started two out when, the, when all the splitting started happening, they were all exactly the same. And then based on little micro decisions they made or, or circumstances, it brought out the worst in certain houses and not in other houses. Okay. So in the story that in your head, obviously not in what we saw in the movie, is this just happening to this house of people? That is, yeah, believe me, we've had arguments about that forever. I I think it's supposed to feel like Mm -hmm. um, they are in a unique situation where the, they're almost like in a, in a, um, a little cusp of reality that's only affecting them. And that's why you don't see other cars. You don't see other people walking around. And we'd always talk about, well, what if what would happen if they just knocked on the doors of, of their neighbors? And we'd be like, well, probably no one would answer. But if they did, they'd be, you know, they'd be super unhelpful. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really supposed to feel this, this um, reduction of reality as if it's only them for right now. They're in, this, they're in this little weird zone where it's them versus them. And there's nowhere else to go. And and we'd have arguments like, well, should they just go to the police? And we'd say, well, what would they do if they went to the police? Like they'd sound ridiculous. And <laughs> right. are they really gonna? Are they really gonna? Like no one's been killed. What are they gonna say? There's no violence that's happened. Um, there's nothing to tell the police. Hmm. So yeah. 
<laughs> um, okay. I lost my my question I had going into that. You, you, you made me think about this a little further. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. You can imagine the hours and hours of arguments like we had debating all these details. Yeah, I can't even believe like like me and Dave have argued about a couple of things. Like I can't even imagine the questions that people ask you, like the writer of this. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, I it's I, ahead, it's Jen. funny too though because like some of it almost feels like it broke some of the rules of parallel universes. Like there's always the idea that you can't be in the same place without it going chaotic, but some of the characters prove that you can be at the same place and you can drag yourself out of the car and smash your head. <laughs> you know? yeah, um, exactly. So yeah. I had a whole argument with my boyfriend about that. It's like when, what would happen if, both houses actually like let's say it was the police station and both houses showed up at the police station like how exactly. does that work once the comment has passed or the the night has ended or what have you so like is that i guess the question is is that intentional did you go into oh, yeah. because people oh, yeah. want that kind of expectation of like oh yeah you can't be in the same universe at the same time or bad things happen yeah, in fact, that's the whole point of when they pass themselves on the street and they come back and they tell that story. They're like, well, what would you have done? And and the woman says, well, I think I would have thought I was going to die. And what she's saying is, well, the tropes are, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, mm-hmm. in other things I've read or in other movies, like you can't occupy the same space or whatever. They're, and, and that's, again, they are all projecting their own fears and their own preconceived ideas of, of what it is to, to inhabit the same space. Um, but clearly, uh, they can inhabit the same space. There's a shot of two Nicholas Brendans, you know, uh, tied up at the same time. So we really wanted to lean into that and play with expectations like that. Yeah. I love the, the, the kind of like the, the flash, the fast forwarding through the different versions that there could be when she's running from house to house or that glimpse that she's getting from each window. Yeah. I, I love that little look in of what, mm-hmm. what could be happening in each. Yeah. House. That was, our, that was fun. I was so excited to do that part of it. And um, when we came up with that, we thought, Oh, this is that we, we know that we have great things spread throughout the movie, but we know that the ending has a lot of uh, gifts like that. There's a lot of candy to come. Well, it was, I think, to, to your credit, it was paced perfectly the whole movie. Cause it just sort of builds like the tension. Like there's this, this comet flying overhead and it breaks cell phones. Mm-hmm. And then you find out that it has an effect on people <clears throat> this one time in history that it's happened before or that they know of before where this, this woman killed her husband or whatever. And they just kind of shrug it off to just crazy people. And you don't know what's going to happen, but something is about to happen. And the, the building of it was, I think done brilliantly. Mm-hmm. Thank you. A lot of that's due to my editor, Lance Pereira, um, who is like just a top, top quality editor who did such a good job on that movie. That was the first movie he ever edited. And he, Gore Verbinski, took, snapped him up for Gore's next movie. <laughs> Dang it, Gore. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, I'll go Ooh. again. <laughs> since uh you said you came up with like the backstories for the characters and you gave them to the actors did how much did they get to provide to that character to kind of make it their own or was it kind of just really all led by you and your notes they did a lot i mean they did such surprising things that i would have never thought about they they were a lot funnier first of all 
Um, they were throwing out jokes and kind of sassy lines left and right. But each one took it uh, in an area that was really theirs. Like Nicholas Brendan especially kind of really took it into a much more intense place than I had ever envisioned. And it worked so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and really honest, he has one scene where he's explaining why he's getting so riled up because everyone else is like, no, calm down, calm down. There's nobody, there's nobody after us. And he's saying, no, there is, there could be, cause it's me because I know what I'm capable of. And it's a really heartbreaking scene where a, a person is telling you how afraid he is of his own worst parts. Uh, and so things like that, I would just, it was just such a joy that the actors were creating that they were bringing so much more to it than just the little notes that I would give them. Yeah. It seemed like they really got it. Like they got your concept pretty well without knowing the whole story. Yeah. And Elizabeth Grayson who played the, the woman who is like into feng shui and and all that stuff. She, I just gave her a small character note that, you know, this woman is into kind of alternative things. She's kind of the person who would show up at a party with inappropriate, uh, <laughs> pharmaceuticals and things like that, and she really created her to be much wackier and and weirder than uh, than was ever written, and that was so fun because she is clearly driving people crazy, <laughs> right. um, c- clearly <laughs> way more high strung than uh, than she needs to be, also, and that was just Elizabeth Grayson having fun with that character. Yeah, like when someone, I don't know who brought it up, the fact that the one drug she had can cause hallucinations if taken too much. I was like, oh, wow. I was like, oh, no. (laughs) This just opens up a whole other door of something I don't want to deal with right now. Like, Yeah, exactly. And and all the actors were so game to sort of show um, a more intense side of themselves. You know, they weren't worried about trying to be likable. They weren't worried about... Um, you know, looking good, they just kind of, kind of went for it and, and allowed themselves to be sort of slightly ridiculous or, or, um, annoying or, or whatever it is kind of, uh, really pushed for making it as interesting as possible where another group of actors might've been really, really boring. (laughs) Well, I think what was what was kind of kind of cool is you're seeing the darker side of a lot of these people and like the bad side of a lot of them and it's hard to root for any particular one except for your main character or the first character you're introduced to you're kind of following her along and she's kind of the one that seems to be making the most sense and the most sympathetic towards i yeah i thought and then you yes. just pull that whole 180 and she's like not <laughs> at the end that's like- what i was going to say <laughs> I, she was the one i trusted through the entire storyline and then it gets to the end and i'm like Alrighty then, um, maybe not. <laughs> I loved, I loved that twist and moment for that character. Yeah, super deserving. I, I just thought it was honest because I talked to a lot of people who said, you know, they would never be willing to do violence against anybody ever, but to themselves, yep, no problem. Yeah, wow. It, it's a great. It, it's it just made to- so much sense at the end. Like, yeah, she's mm-hmm. not going to hurt anybody else, but she'll hurt herself. But for herself yeah, and, to survive. And she thought the lesson was that she needed to stop this pattern of not making a, a strong choice, you know, because that's her character in, in the movie is like, well, she missed that opportunity because she didn't choose something and she let her boyfriend go because she didn't choose 
And show, by the end, she's like, I guess the lesson of tonight is I have to make a really strong choice. I have to do something really extreme. And she does. And that turned out not to be <laughs> not to be the right choice at all. She almost makes it. She almost made it. That's the question. Is like, all right, is she going to get away with it? Is she going to get away with it? That's <laughs> what me and JD were asking each other. Like before, before we we started talking to you, we're like, what do you do with this woman after like you find out this isn't the, the your girlfriend or whatever? This is someone else. What are you doing with this person at that point? Yeah, or like you don't even know if the person on the phone is your actual girlfriend. Like it's just such like a big like gray area. Ugh. Yeah. Well, would would you even know? Because it's technically you, so you're both accurate, right? She, I, I mean, I'm assuming I, she she's the have, one. She doesn't quite have as much claim to that reality, perhaps, because she did not uh, experience the same night as the mm. as the people in that house. Right. She'd have a lot of holes in her story. Yeah, and I think, like, she just has to go on and find herself now. Like, literally find herself um, <laughs> and and kind of get at peace with all these choices she's made. So it's not like she's going to jail or anything. Again, right. again nobody's dead. Mm, right. Nobody's dead. So it's, it's, it's going to be all right. <laughs> <What? laughs> I, go ahead, J.D. Oh, I, just, I, I know this is, like, a quick question I have, but – I know how, like, in the movie, you guys, like, they were discussing how, like, when the different realities meet, like, one makes it through and, like, the other kind of, like, disintegrates almost. I think. Is that what was right. going on? That's what they are afraid of. Yeah. They, they yes. again, the story that they are sort of concocting in the moment. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, does that mean that, like, sheep chose, like, the correct reality that didn't disintegrate? Or are all the realities she went through also, like, still there? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I, in my head, they're all they're all existing, just because that is the theory. Right now, there's there's okay. infinite parallel universes of you, uh, based on micro decisions you've made. She just she forcibly <laughs> inserted herself into one, and now she's yeah. stuck in that one. Yeah, uh, not too big of a micro decision. That's kind of feel that would be a big decision in my life at this point. Right. Right. <laughs> So I was curious if now their their neighbors down the street are them. Like when the comet was done <laughs> passing and stuff, did the house disappear, or is there still yeah. two of everything? That's- no, there's not two of everything because remember, there's this dark space that only exists during this sort of weird phenomenon, and once that's gone, then the neighborhood's just back to normal. There really are neighbors. There's cars. There's that's why there's you can hear a, a lawnmower in the distance in that final scene. Got it. <laughs> What? Yeah, this is my neighbor, me. Yeah, right. probably wouldn't work too well. <laughs> it's weird. Was it uh, was it your choice as far as the character, or was it Nicholas Brennan's choice to have him be on Roswell? That was mine. I, I, I again, it's just kind of for the geeks to enjoy <laughs> the the irony of that that he he is in a show like Buffy, but it's not quite Buffy. Yeah, I and enjoyed so, it. So. And so it kind of tells us right <laughs> off the bat that oh, okay, so we're not even watching our own reality here. Yeah, yeah, I like that was that was fun. I enjoyed that. <clears throat> okay, I have a I have a question just from your resume and such. What do you prefer most? Do you like the writing aspect, or are you more of like the art department, the storyboards? Uh, do, you I'm have, a do you have a preference? Yeah, I'm a director. I do those other things just because I had to make ends meet, but I'm a di- I'm a director. Nice. Yeah. Do you I have love anything? it. Oh, I go ahead. It. 
<laughs> Do you have anything else on the horizon that you're excited about that might be popping up soon? I'm very excited about something I just shot with uh, David Goyer. David Goyer oh. uh, uh, produced something that I wrote that is a TV show concept that's a little a little bit in the coherence vibe um probably a lot more emotional than coherence which sometimes feels a little cerebral but we just shot um some of that and it went fantastically well so hopefully in a year from now we'll be uh skyping and talking about that one oh totally <laughs> <laughs> so back to coherence for just a second at least for me uh, I got a real Twilight Zone vibe from it. Is that kind of like your influence towards it? Like you were talking yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when we were standing there, like I said, in the middle of my house going, how am I going to make a micro-budget movie? The first thing that comes to mind is, well, Twilight Zone did it. Twilight Zone made it feel like a cosmic event, even when it was just one person alone in a room. And so that was really the inspiration and and the encouragement that – something like this could work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it felt very twilight zone. I, it, which might be one of the reasons why I loved it right away. Yeah. That's great. <clears throat> and he's, and he's amazing. He's a huge, you know, um, just a hero for me. And, and to hear him talk about getting that show off the ground and the challenges they had and, and how budgetarily challenged they were for that show. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why they wrote so many stories that had so few people or, you know, one man alone in a, on a deserted back lot, you know, just because they just didn't have any money. Yeah. So it was all, it, it was all imagination it had to come through uh, creative storytelling. Well, I, I, these days I have a hard time finding things that are like that. Like there's this now, which I can just, like attach myself to because I love it and it, it's that that same vibe and like to a lesser extent the movie Signs was kind of that way where it's you're just focusing on one family mm -hmm. um I, and the movie Devil it's M Night Shyamalan again but still I, I felt yeah. the same way where it's just you're focusing on these like this core people <laughs> in one spot it made it also feel a little more real too like these could happen to me and my friends sitting around having dinner <laughs> and a comet's going over. Yeah, that's great. I mean, the the movie Primer is is very oh, uh, sure. yeah. Uh, again, kind of a model for having no money but big, big imagination. Primer uh, still makes my head hurt. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a you gotta you gotta really um, work through that one. <laughs> a, uh, couple, a couple sit downs and of watching it, yeah. Yeah, but it's but it's very it's very inspirational for me and. There's a movie, uh, Time Crimes. It's a Spanish movie that's uh, really cool. That way, too small, but a time loop movie that is just so creative. Would you want to see yourself stay in like the sci-fi realm, or do you want to kind of branch out and kind of flex your directing or creative muscles into all aspects? Right now, I'm mostly interested in science fiction, just because it's a way to be really creative and and get into imaginative places quickly without necessarily needing a huge budget mm -hmm. um i just like anything that's different than what you see every day so things that help your brain get bigger you know uh, the playground of the mind and and challenging your imagination and taking you to a place that 
that feels like a dream. Um, that's what gets me excited. So I think for now, that's probably what I'm focused on. I'll, I'm happy if I've read a couple scripts lately that had uh, that feeling, even though they weren't science fiction, they were just so interesting, um, almost in a gone girl type of way. Oh, sure. Uh, I guess a, a very, very creative thriller or a, a very great, very creative heist movie, you know, might uh, get you to that same place. Mm-hmm. So you're not looking yeah. to like jump into like a Star Wars or anything like that? Uh, I would be happy to do that. <laughs> <You're sure>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not going to turn that away, right? <laughs> Star Wars Episode Nine. <laughs> I would be very happy to do that. Yeah. I, would, I would be very qualified to do that. Or like, yeah, yeah, one of the anthology movies. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, okay, you're working on a, a TV show, which I, I can't wait to hear more about when that's all said and done. Um, as far as like your movies go, like how much of like when you when you're, you're gonna pick a project or that you want to direct a project, how much of it do you want to be like more? I guess would you rather do your own? Like scripts or are you, are you more comfortable or doing somebody else's or? Oh my gosh. Well, I, I mean, my favorite thing would be if a script arrived in my hands that was perfect and ready <laughs> to shoot, that yeah. would be great. But unfortunately that does not happen ever. Sure. Uh, so out of necessity, I have to get involved in the writing. Yeah. Uh, if, if a script is going to be that amazing, it goes straight to Steven Spielberg or David Fincher. Or, mm-hmm. Um, there are other people that get first <laughs> get first access to, to scripts like that. So unfortunately, I'm going to have to write my own things for a while. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, what was your experience like working on like the pirates movies? Like, how much did you get to do um, working there? Oh, that was a blast because I was the first person hired. You know, oh. along with Gore, it's um, way way at the beginning before Johnny Depp was hired. Before anybody, you know, he and I went. Gore Verbinski and I went and location scouted the Caribbean together with a few of the, you know, the art director and the producer. And that's where we came up with all the iconic sequences of Jack Sparrow stepping off the mast as it sinks and things like that. (laughs) So that's incredibly satisfying because you come up with sequences like that, that are just purely out of your imagination. And then a year or two later that you're standing there and they're shooting it. Yeah with this huge crew and this huge budget and it looks amazing. <laughs> and now it's like a piece of like cinema, te- like history there. It's like yeah. a memorable moment. Yeah. And then it becomes legendary. Yeah. So that is very, very satisfying and a lot of fun. And, and Gore Verbinski is so fun to work with. He makes everything an adventure and uh, just, just, yeah, you're, you're like swimming in creativity. So <laughs> I love, I loved it. Are you, are you doing anything with the next no nope. installment? Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> no, nope. I wish him well. Yeah. Seems like there's a lot of them, but there's one more coming or two more? I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay, and your involvement in Rango, was that just kind of like working on the script then? No. Or, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, we, working with the director? We wrote it together, which took a, a very long time. But I was head of story, which means I'm sort of heading up the storyboard department. And so okay. every, you know, the entire film had to be storyboarded. Gore and I did all the voices originally before we, we hired any of the cast. So while we're making the animatic, which is just sort of the storyboard version of mm-hmm. the movie, um, 
you know, I was the voice of Rango and, and several other characters and, um, designing characters or writing songs, all, all that very, very involved in every aspect. Yeah. It sounds like you get to really, really flex your creative muscle on that with the songs, drawing and writing. Yeah. All of it. I ended up doing, I think six voices in the final movie. <laughs> Uh, so just really fun and just working with great people. It's just a bunch of friends goofing off all day. And did you come up with like the design for Ringo himself then? Yeah, I did the first pencil sketch that kind of became the template for, for Rango. And then a amazing character designer named Crash McCreary kind of fleshed him out with color and, and all the details. That's a great name too. I was just going <laughs> to yeah. say that too. I'm like, mm-hmm. wow. Google him. You want to put your Crash McCreary. If you guys are in Geekland, you need to Google Crash McCreary right now and see uh, his amazing work. All right. Okay. Uh, any other projects coming up other than the TV show that you're you're excited about or that you're kind of getting hyped for or just, just mostly, mostly fo- focusing on that project with David Goyer? No, there's a lot coming out. I don't think there's any I can really tell you about because they're sure. all in various stages of maybe, you know. Yeah. A lot when you're working in Hollywood, everything is maybe, 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 and so you could work for two years, pouring your guts and and soul into something, and then it you know never never happens. Um, but I've got several of those things that I really love, and I'm really hoping happen. Excellent. Uh, well, I mean, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I. Like I said, this movie hit me right away as soon as I saw it. I loved it. Um, and I love talking about it with friends and getting more people to watch it, more and more people. So I'm, I'm sure you're happy about that. Uh, and I am. You're in a very small group of people who've seen that movie, and, and uh, it makes you better than everyone else. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was it, something like that. Yeah. It's, it's contagious, though, because huh. Dave watched it. JD got on it right away. Then I got on it. Then I've told people that I, you know, I, I deal with, and they're like, "I just watched it last night. It's awesome. What happens here?" And they they want to talk about it. And then same yeah. with my boyfriend; he's told his friends who've talked. So now we all have that kind of common ground where we're like, "What do you think about this?" And I love that. I think the one the one goal of the movie and the thing that makes me happiest is that we we set out to try to write a movie that people would talk about afterward. Absolutely. You achieved it. It's <laughs> yeah. I yeah. I can't get enough telling people about it, and it, and you know it's kind of hard because it's not on it's not a Netflix thing. So like I I just you know they're like well where can I watch it like iTunes spend the money just just rent it buy it I don't care you got to watch right. it right or Amazon it's actually on, Is it on Amazon? Amazon okay it's on Amazon Prime for free if you have Amazon Prime and if you don't have Amazon Prime Is you can it- get it for. free three or four dollars and yeah. watch it instantly. Yeah, I think, I think I got mine on iTunes for four bucks. Yeah. There you go. I ended up I ended up just buying the Blu-ray. So <laughs> it's coming. Awesome. I'm so excited. It's one of those movies that I'll like tell my kids about. Watch this. <laughs> well it's it's super rare when you can find a movie that, you know, unfortunately, you know, not many people have heard about, but that you love so much that you just dig yeah. into like this is, you know, even though you now you know the whole story, I can still watch it, you know, repeat times and still enjoy every like something I might have missed before. Yeah, well, that was the other thing is that we wanted to to create something that was watchable, you know, eight times, and and you discover something that you missed the first time. So mm-hmm. that yeah. is that's what actually makes me the happiest is when people say they've watched it over and over and they're still 
discovering things about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to totally rat these guys out too. It's funny because we all got the text from Dave going, I think I have a new top movie. He's like, it's, it's on my top five favorite movies. He's like, you have to go watch it right now. So JD automatically jumps on and he watches it and he's just like, he replies to the same text and he's like, that movie's amazing. It's definitely one of my favorite movies. And I'm sitting there going, calm down, boys. Calm down. And then we watched it and I was just like, okay, I know what you guys are talking about. I, I, yeah. think, I think it legitimately changed JD's life. Honestly, like I was <laughs> like after it, like there was like, I was so ready. Like my heart was racing. Like, I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, oh, is my okay. roommate my real roommate or is something going on? Like, I can't tell you how theory. happy that makes me. That is that is absolutely the best thing we could have ever hoped for when we set out to make, you know, a, a movie for nothing mm-hmm. in our living room. It was, it was basically a YouTube video that became yeah. a, you know, became a real movie. Yeah. I mean, it's going to last the time, like it's going to last for a while. It's not going to movie that's, it's not the kind of movie that'll be outdated either considering it was like super low budget and there was no effects. So there's nothing to really age it. Like there's no like technology in it. Like, Oh, that's an old laptop or, you know, that kind of thing where they're still using handheld cell phones. (laughs) 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 Uh, It's, it's funny too. Cause now I have jokes with my friends. Like if they say something stupid or weird, I'm like, you're not from the right house. Are you like, what is the subtle joke that we do? Uh, It's become a cool thing. And like, I, I just want the movie to keep living on. So I have to tell as many people about it. And we're going to, I'm sure keep talking about it on our podcast. Just, just, you know, comparing other movies to it and saying how they don't stack up at all. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, you will, you will double the, uh, the audience if you can do that. Because oh, it, well, just, it never reached, um, it just never got into the, the public consciousness. And it's very much a cult movie right now. Yeah. If it, I mean, if it makes you feel any better when Nick, when it was brought up at the panel, Nick said, everybody go watch it. There's like I mean, a dozen people there that had seen it and stood up and clapped about the movie. So there's, Great. There you go. So I, I just, you know, I want to say thank you again for coming on and thank you for this movie because uh, it's it's so good. And we absolutely want to have you back when your show comes on uh, to talk about that. Um, I would love it. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it so much, guys. Thank you. All right. That's our interview with Jim Burkett the creator, the director of Coherence. Guys, I can honestly say I'm psyched for whatever TV show he's got coming up, any project he's got coming up, uh, I'm all in. Glad you agree. All right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's a late Maybe night. Maybe Coherence 2. I, I kind of don't want a Coherence 2. I don't want a Coherence 2 yeah, at all. I think the first one's the, perfect. Yeah. yeah, and you can watch it twice and still probably walk away with something different. Yeah, I, multiple mm-hmm. times. Like I was telling JD before we started the interview, this is like a closed loop. Like the movie mm-hmm. is it starts and finishes. You don't need more, even though you nope. want, even though you would love to watch more. Yeah, but you don't. I want it to happen to me in real life. Like I want this to be a movie I experience. Maybe we should do a podcast where we just talk about what would we do if it was us. Like you know. Yes, I think so. Where Where do you think the dark, deepest, darkest areas of JD, Jenny, and Dave? Where would that that take us? I can already tell you that the answer would be I kill everyone. <laughs> That's what <laughs> like, well, it, like, I was going honestly. to say. You would be the Mike character. You would be Nicholas's Brennan character. Um, Me? Yeah. Dave, really? I have a feeling, would be – what was his name? Hugh? The guy that came back with the, the – the, the tall guy? 
the tall guy. I think that would be you. And uh, I'd probably be the wife that just goes and takes a nap. Like <laughs> Jenny's like, I'm done with this. I will, I will talk to you guys in the morning. Like, uh, <laughs> that's great. And and throughout the movie, like, there's different houses where there's different nap people. And yeah. <laughs> oh man, I, I thought you know, I thought for sure you were gonna say you'd be like the hippie lady that's bringing the weird drugs. <laughs> no, I would. If anything, I would be the lady that killed the hippie lady that brings all the weird drugs. You're yeah. right. You're right. I misfired like, on that one for sure. I'm like a docile person in real life, but like seriously, like you mess with me or my friends, like that was me like clenching a fist. But it's but it's you messing with you and your friends. Like it's you and your friends messing with you and your friends. That makes it even worse. Telling us right now and going, guys, we have to be afraid of him. Why? Because I know what I would do. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And what I would do is not pretty. (laughs) Right. Blood. Blood. Lots of blood. Yeah, I had already been like sneaked into the house, just like slowly, <laughs> slowly disposing of everyone. Um, like, you know, I'm not like I'm not a cold blooded killer, guys. I promise. Ooh, I don't. I'm not so sure anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Asked me an hour ago, and I might have, might have agreed. We got to keep that secret. Yeah. Who knows? This might not even be real me. This might be different dimension me you're talking to. That's right. That's right. <laughs> You'll never know. Uh, but you can follow our awesome guest, Jim Burkett, on Twitter at James Ward Burkett. We will have the link in the show notes. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter. You can also follow Coherence the Movie on Twitter when I find that Twitter address in a second because now I'm doing Well, they have a website, too, which has pretty much everything on it. And you can actually, I think, rent the movie on it. Um, yes. And there's there's trailers and such, and it's just coherencethemovie.com. Yep, the trailer mm-hmm. pops up right away, and then it's got it where you can buy it, you can rent it, and then you can buy the DVD as well. So uh, if you want to find this movie, which you really, really should, that that's your best bet, is coherencethemovie.com. Um, what else is going on in Tom Keaton? We got another podcast interview coming up shortly. Uh, this might be posted after that, so regard or disregard that I just said that. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Atomic Geekdom. Jenny, you are at Robbie Art. JD is at J Freaking D. But remember, you might not be dealing with this world's JD. Yeah, you might be J Frickin D. He's a totally <laughs> different thing. Can you can you can you have curse words in Twitter handles? Because maybe it's just the flat out F word. <laughs> J J F and D. J F and D. You know there's gonna be Dude, a that's my real bad self right there. There's <laughs> gonna be a doppelganger pop up here soon. <laughs> yeah. Uh also going on right now is our super huge Game of Thrones giveaway. Uh I believe. I'm doing some podcast time traveling, and I'm pretty sure by this time that this comes out, we will have announced that that giveaway is going on. So there's probably plenty of ways for you to enter. Uh, head to atomicgeekdom.com. There'll be a banner right there saying Game of Thrones. You're going to want to win these things because I want to quit my job at Atomic Kingdom and win them myself. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping you'd fire me. Nope, not going to happen. And you using bad grammar, I edit. So I'd be the one fixing your bad grammar. I, I know. Not that enough. was the worst. That was the worst. I know. I put a total typo in and like I quit. But I spelled quit wrong, but quite. I posted it. She said quite. Wait, quit. <laughs> I said yeah. I quit. And he's like, did you mean quit? And I'm like, see, I you should fire well. me. And then in her, in her response to say, you should fire me for bad grammar, she also did more bad grammar. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. You guys know how like I love like minimalist like movie posters and how I think they're the coolest thing in the world? Yeah. 
Well, I'm going to order the Coherence movie poster because it's right up there. Two faces. It's, it's her yeah. face twice, right? Like on no, 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 it's, no, the it's two glow sticks. It's the oh, two glow sticks. I want that. I poster. want it so bad. Is it one red, one blue, or are they both blue? Yep. One red, one blue. Oh, okay. <laughs> it is pretty sweet. Maybe, maybe <laughs> we could get it, send it to, to to Jim and get an autograph from him or something. Oh, I don't even need. Yes. I, say, I don't even I need an autograph. I sticks. Because I put it right yeah. next to my Parallels it's poster a- from, from the cast of crew of Parallels. Ugh. Dave. What? Good. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I drop a bombshell on you? Dave, I'm hurt. <laughs> uh, well, we can get in touch with the man behind Parallels and he can hook you up. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure he hooked up a lot of people with those things. Oh, I really want one. It doesn't even have to be signed. Oh, just... then, yeah, because I think he's out of the signed ones, but I'm sure he can get you a poster. Yeah, I just want a poster. Because he put I, out he put out on Twitter for just anybody to get him. Oh, what? I didn't know that. That's super cool. I think Jenny got one if she's not hiding right now. I I I know nothing. Yeah, right. I'm going back yeah, there. Right. And you guys yeah. didn't tell me. I was the one who I found this knew. movie. I thought you knew. We I'm are not so from betrayed. your house, JD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so betrayed. Yeah, you might not be dealing with your Jenny and Dave. Oh, I hope I hope not because that'd make me feel even <laughs> I'm worse the, I'm, if I'm my Jenny, Jenny and Dave betrayed me. The party. Yeah. <laughs> Jenny, the drug addict. We're, we're the betrayal, Dave and Jenny's. <laughs> with my funk sway. Right. Oh God. Oh, so, yeah. so, uh, seriously, this is like the ultimate drinking game, too. Like, just watch this movie. And then figure out which house you're actually from. Imagine that with a group bunch of drunks. Like, I oh, couldn't. I'm, or just watch awesome. watch that movie and figure out who you would be. Like where where you would take that story. Like it, it's just amazing to think of what you would do in that situation too. Mm-hmm. It's just cool. So all right. So go I think it. we should definitely do a podcast over what we would all do. That I would think be, that'd be a, fun. That would get pretty deep, and uh, we might. I'm all, in. We might all well, we need have, psychiatric help. We have to help. do each character because I could be the uh, the jerk ex uh, girlfriend too. She wasn't even that bad. <laughs> she was, she was like moderately. She was, she was pretty bad. If I if, yeah. I if I was the Mike character, I would have gotten annoyed with her too. Yeah, he was picking on her. Everybody was kind of picking on her too, so that didn't help. Yeah. But anyway, all right. So go watch Coherence. Watch it and let us know what you thought about it. At Atomic Geekdom, Jenny is at Robbie Art at J Freakin D. Let us know what you thought of the movie, and then, of course, follow uh, at James Ward Burkett and let him know what you thought of the movie, because like we said in the interview, personally, I love this movie. It affected me in a real way as far as it's great storytelling, and it's hard. you'd be hard-pressed to find a movie done this well with actors not knowing the whole story, just reacting, essentially, and doing improv, and... Uh, it just kind of blew me away. And not to mention, you know, like I said, I'm a huge Xander fan and a Nicholas Brendan fan, and that's how I found the movie. But now I'm a huge Jim Burkett fan. So I, you know, I, I could talk endlessly about how much I love this movie, and I'm sure JD and Jenny could too. But experience mm-hmm. it for yourself. Let us know. Comment on the website and uh, let us know what you thought about that movie. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram iTunes, leave a nice review, subscribe, tell your friends, all that good stuff. And don't forget to enter into our Game of Thrones uh, Entertainment Earth giveaway. And stay stay tuned, because hopefully, if enough people enter those things, we will be able to do them more often. So, enter and enter often, because 
I need to spread the word because if you do that, we'll be able to give you more cooler things from them because the last giveaway was a Batman Dorbs figure and now three awesome Game of Thrones things. So just keep entering. All right, guys, that's it. Uh, I will give you each one last word. JD, your last word? Coherence. (laughs) Jenny, Jenny, your last word? Quesadilla. (laughs) Ah, you gotta love inside jokes. Oh my god. Alright, see you guys next week. (laughs) 